Hello and welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Valine, we've been doing this for eight months. When you were counting earlier, I was like, no, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> but I think the whirlwind of, of the end of 2019 and then 2020 has just, like, we're, on, we're starting into May now. Yeah, we're in second quarter, and I mean, this year has been unlike any other we've ever experienced, and like you mentioned, the end of 19 was sort of a roller coaster for both of us, too. Yeah, and I think that kind of dives right into what we want to attack this month. Yeah, so listeners, you've been with us for eight months, and we cannot express the amount of gratitude that we feel towards you for giving us a chance to really explore what millennial ag means to us to you to the world um and and talk about some of these hard topics like we promised you that we would do at the very beginning and um you know we feel like we have been able to build up our credibility and authenticity to be able to talk about with you what we're going to bring up for the whole month of may may so may across the country is mental health awareness month and when when we saw that just like we stated in our first episode, I think when we recorded, we wanted to run away from it. But we, we did a big gut check and said, no, this is what we want millennial ag. This is why God has given us a platform to talk, to share some of our experiences, but to help agriculture specifically and others out there listening, um, give them reassurance, one, that we're all in this together to some extent. Yeah, and we told you back at the very beginning, and we reiterate it all the time, that agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Um, We promised that we were going to talk about the hard stuff, the stuff that only gets lip service in agriculture, stuff that might be sort of swept under the rug, and especially stuff that is really uncomfortable to talk about. Um, And, you know, with with the pandemic still upon us, um, you know, some of us are coming out of lockdown, you know, we don't really know what... The rest of this year is going to look like we don't know what people's you know um harvests or 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 bank accounts are going to look like this year due to the pandemic um we thought that there was no better time than to jump in with mental health month and share our experiences resources that we have found helpful um and that we want to be available to the whole wide world and to talk about um honestly how to talk about mental health. And we're not going to have all the answers. We're not going to have answers maybe at all to some things. But I think we're taking the big first step and even having this dialogue. Because one thing Brene Brown has said through everything I've listened to, and I would recommend, one, if you find this podcast interesting, or if this podcast at all gives you a gut check, go look up Brene Brown because she she has changed my life. Um, but she said dialogue begins with relationships. And it's going to be a long drawn out process, this COVID, this pandemic. It's going to go far more than just the virus itself. Um, and we know that. But mental health, health has also been a big topic that hasn't been spoken about in agriculture. And like many people have said, suicide rates are high in agriculture and that's just that's frightening it is frightening and you know it's one of those things that we feel like is only given lip service because 
you know, it, it, it's a hard topic. It, it's, it requires an astounding degree of vulnerability to talk about it, whether you're going through something or whether you are a person who sees somebody going through something and you don't know how to help. Um, and so, you know, we, we have to talk about it or else we're going to continue to lose people to suicide. Um, you know, friends and family will be stuck in cycles of depression, anxiety, and panic attacks that they can't get out of. You know, there's some serious consequences to to not dealing with this. And we know that this is uncomfortable and vulnerable and itchy, and we don't want to talk about it. Um, you know, in agriculture, we're all bred to be tough. We are, we are tough people. Um, and we are taught that, you know, you just you just rub some dirt in it. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, cows got to get fed, corn's got to get planted, everything's got to get harvested. There's always something to do. And that can get you through the days, but you carry on like that for too long. And the cost is going to be more than just a few nights of lost sleep. And it's, it's okay to be able to and it's a good thing to be able to pull up yourself up by your bootstraps to get through a hard day or a winter storm. But we want to help you guys recognize when that day has turned into a week or a month or a year. Several months, yeah. Because um, that, that's when, when it's not okay and when true rest is needed. It's okay to plow through some difficult situations. Um, that's why we love agriculture so much because you know that some of my most rewarding days were long days on the desert with my dad moving cows and tagging calves and branding and stuff like that and you know I I put a big feather in my cap for all the tough things I've done um but there's times when those are good and there's times when it starts adding up and you need to do a little bit of a reality check and realize that something might need to change Right. When you start using toughen up or just get it together as an excuse to um, not deal with how you're feeling or what you might be experiencing at the time, that's when it starts to get dangerous. And you might be wondering why we're talking about this. Um, You know, we promise to talk about hard stuff, but Valine and I also have very personal experiences with mental health struggles. And Um, we're going to be talking to you about those things, which believe us is not easy. Um, we're a little bit scared too, but we believe that our experiences are worth sharing so that if someone else needs help, they can get the kind of help that they need. And by sharing our experiences and our stories, um, we, we want to show that we are authentic, we are real, and that this is... This is something that happens to everybody every single day to some extent. Feelings, emotions is a part of being a human being. And it's okay for you to recognize some of these situations. And that's why we want to share some of our story to show we are real, that we are humans, and that agriculture, even though Catherine and I are probably two of the toughest girls you'll meet, we we also have these feelings we have these struggles and we have these hard gut-wrenching realities in our life yeah and it's not due to any fault of our own it's not because we're not tougher than the rest it's not because you know we can't deal um 
it's a combination of factors, brain chemistry, life circumstances, um, you know, just what's going on in the general world at the moment. And, you know, we're really looking forward to this month and everything that we're going to uncover and dig into with you. Um, you know, we're excited to be able to share some of our experiences and resources that we have to introduce you to some people who, who have also experienced this, this kind of struggle, um, to some professionals and hopefully to some solutions or, you know, ways to help gain greater awareness for rural America and rural mental health. Um, and to really shine a light on how important this topic is because, because if you're, because if, if, if your mind isn't sound, it doesn't matter what else in your life is going well, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And we talk about legacies a lot here and how much we love agriculture and we want those legacies to be strong and secure and viable for the future. And it starts with taking care of yourself. And that's something agriculture isn't very good at because we're bred to be tough, but we're also got that giving, caring personality in general that we want We want our families to be taken care of. We want the name, the likely name, for example, to be passed on for more generations. We want um, to give to our communities. We want to be, we want to be those caring giving people but you can't give if your tank is empty you can't pour from an empty cup yep that's exactly right um i think we've both been told that several times and are maybe trying finally starting to internalize that um i just love that dichotomy that you talked about val we are tough we are tough as nails but we are also giving and caring and the kindest people you will meet on the earth and always wanting to make sure that everybody else is taken care of before ourselves right um, and that is admirable, but dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because if for too long, that might be okay for a month, two months, even a couple years. But when you start continuing to pour where there's nothing left, you're going to hit, you're going to hit rock bottom. You are. And our goal through this is to help shed a light on that and maybe prevent, even if it's one person Um, from hitting that rock bottom, I feel like we've done our job. Yeah. And you know what? Even if you do hit rock bottom, but you hear this and you come out of it with a new perspective, some resources to help, and, you know, a ladder to climb out, that's what we want to provide over this next month. Absolutely. Well, um, we're going to, we've kind of told you the why and what's to come, um, but we're going to dive in a little bit to our stories and why this personally matters. Through this, you might hear some tears. You might get some long pauses. You'll get some laughs because Catherine and I can't go through an episode (laughs) without giggling to some extent. Um, But it's, it probably won't be very easy to listen to, to be honest. And um, we just want to give you that caveat um, before we get started because we don't want, yeah, because we want to. So, with that, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Why don't you start, Val? Alrighty. So, I've, I guess, I've always thought that my struggles were never big enough to even be mentioned. Um, there was always somebody that had worse things than me in life and that I just needed to toughen up. And I 
and I still, for everybody that knows me, I love to blow and go and I love to try new things and, and just, just work hard. That's just kind of who I am. Um, but I had done that all through high school and the start of my college years. And I had been just running. Um, I was double majoring in engineering and animal science, two not easy degrees. I was involved in three or four clubs, had two jobs and was just trying to get through life. Um, and like it all came to a head over a stupid problem on an assignment, but, and then it, and I was frustrated and went to one of my ag leadership classes where Brene Brown, where she played Brene Brown on vulnerability. And I left that day crying, went home, cried, couldn't make eye contact with anybody and couldn't tell people why I was crying. But I knew I had a problem because (laughs) I wasn't vulnerable and I'd been running and gunning. The next week I had the courage to ask to talk to my teacher and she said, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of failing? What are you afraid of? And that gave me a little comfort and made helped me shift my mindset for the next couple of years. But I ran a little bit more. And it wasn't until I graduated and I found, started spending more time with Jesus and realizing I could say no, that I realized that it's okay. Um, and, and so that just gave me some, just a little bit of a background of, of, recognizing my own feelings um, and working to lay a foundation. And I still, to be honest, haven't ever seen a counselor because I'm scared. Um, But I'm working up the courage to do that, um, to continue to lay the foundation because to be honest, I don't need one right now. I'm not, I'm happy. Things are going good. I have my days, but things are going fairly well for me. But that's a big fear right now for me. And I think that's my next goal in my journey of mental health. Um, and there's other things um, that Catherine will share that I can um, feed into later on some of my story and why my passion has dug deep. But that's my personal story. Um, and just recognizing that that my fears are real. My thoughts are real. And it's okay to feel those, you know, just because I'm blowing and going and overwhelmed and have anxiety, it's okay to feel those even though somebody has it worse. And don't compare, and my biggest thing I've learned, especially in the last year, is don't compare your own feelings to those around you because what's in your head and what's through your lens is real and it's just as important as the next one and we need to quit comparing to each other. I'm so glad you brought that up, Val, the whole comparative suffering thing. You know, we're all good at that. Um, you know, whether to ourselves or to e- to each other saying, oh, somebody else has it so much worse, so worse. So what I'm feeling doesn't matter. What you're feeling doesn't matter. And we'll dive into this more on future episodes. But for right now, I just want to say that that is garbage. Mm. Um, because like you said, what you feel is real and it's valid. And yeah, somebody else might have it worse, but you are experiencing something bad right now. And it's okay to feel that and to recognize it. And it's okay, you know, like last fall, um, I lost a dear friend. I was in a fight with another friend. I was trying to figure out where I was going in my career. And I reached out to one of my close friends and said, I just need you to pray for me right now. And for me, that was a huge step and a huge courage thing. And she drove up from Denver and sat with me and I cried and she held me. And then we went for walks and laughed and, and 
And I knew that I could trust her and had that foundation of community just to let it out because I didn't know what to do in that specific instance. Yeah. And you don't because this isn't something that we're taught. Um, you know, and it's unless you're a very empathetic and feeling person like your friend, um, might not even know what to do. And maybe she didn't know what to do, but what she did was right. Mm-hmm. Just showing up for somebody exactly is is means the world. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, my last fall was, was pretty awful too. I, um, if we go back to really the origin of my story, I have dealt with anxiety my whole life um, and didn't know until college really what it was. Um, and in college, I sort of brushed it off. I did see a counselor at the, you know, at the, my parents were urging me to see someone. Um, it was very uncomfortable for me. I felt like a failure. I didn't talk to anybody about it. Um, I didn't want to talk about it. I felt almost shifty going into counseling, you know? Um, and when that year ended, I thought I was all better and I just went off and had my summer internship and life was great. And, uh... Fast forward several years and I um, graduated college, I moved states, I got my first job, and I got married all within the space of about two and a half months. Um, And then three months later, I lost my first job. And I didn't know what was going on at the time, but I had my first major depressive episode. And just saying that... (laughs) Um, is really hard because since then I have struggled with that diagnosis and I haven't wanted it to be real, haven't wanted to face it, and certainly haven't wanted to tell people about it. Um, but it's, it's reared its head several times and, um, the way that we get to this for me and Valina Millennia Lag is that last fall I, I spun down a pretty dark hole. Um, there's a combination of life experiences and, um, I was on the wrong medication and trying to come off of it too fast and trying to make some big life decisions that, um, ended up in constant daily panic attacks, not being able to sleep, stopping eating, um, right down to not being able to go to work. And I, I don't know how to describe what that felt like because I was so completely out of control. But, but to have a friend like Valine, to have the boss that we do, to have the family that I do, um, is how we learned a lot of things, how to get through it, And learn that this is something that we really, really need to talk about. And for you, I want to just say thank you for sharing your story. Because this is, um, these topics aren't easy to to talk about. Even with close friends and family. Let alone with a microphone sitting in front (laughs) of us. Um, But this is where the conversation starts. And, And for me, after experiencing... Um, last fall with you, it was really frustrating for me to have the stigma of the labels of depression and anxiety and why can't I just go around 
looking for my own support and using these words like depression and anxiety because it should be just like somebody was in a car crash yesterday or I broke my leg or my dad's out with a bad back. Why can't we just talk about these things like another medical term? Because that's what it is. It is, and you and I understand that now. But, you know, just my experience in the world, well, the way that people talk about it, the way that it's portrayed in the media or in movies and TV shows, is it something to be made fun of or it's something to be ashamed of? And when that's what you experience, that's what you think is normal. And part of you and I doing this is to destigmatize what mental health struggles really are and to make them known as true health struggles because um, it's not just that I was unhappy. Mm-mm. It was I lost 15 pounds in two weeks. It was I stopped sleeping. Mm-hmm. It was I couldn't stop crying. It was, it. I mean, it impacted my physical health. It impacted my financial health because I wasn't able to go to work. Um, Obviously, my mental health was in jeopardy. And, you know, having that stigma on top of all of those horrible feelings anyway is bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. And Pardon it's- my French, but it's not... I mean, it, it, it doesn't need to be there. And, and if you and I can share enough about what we've been through to help in some way destigmatize it, I'll call it a success. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's... You know, after walking through that, you know, you, I had a little bit of the stigma that like to end up in that situation, somebody has to have something completely terrible happen, you know, a loss of a family member, a car wreck. And that's, that's not the case. No, mine, if you look at it from a different point of view, I had too many exciting opportunities and my brain just went south because I couldn't deal with it all. Mm Mm-hmm. On top of, you know, a couple other mitigating circumstances. And so it can have, and it, and just like Catherine's story and my, my little bit of a story, um, is, is different than what you might be going through and it might totally be different. And I think that's why mental health is so frustrating too, Mm -hmm. is because while there's a lot of research being done on the brain, we don't know how the brain functions. No, we really don't. And what works for some people, whether it's whether it's medication, whether it's counseling, whether it's, you know, swimming every day or running every day or or you know, screaming your guts out on karaoke, you know, might not work for somebody else. And that is an incredibly frustrating thing because, you know, for me, I go to the doctor and he says, This medication has helped a lot of other people and I'm really hopeful for you. And we give it a month or six weeks, and I still feel like crap. And here I am being a guinea pig in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that perspective, it's very frustrating. But on the other hand, to me, and I'm sure you would say the same, is it, it's so completely worth it to be able to live a full and wholehearted life. Yep. To continue the fight. To continue searching for whatever helps you feel better. Medication, counseling anything and I can just from like our experience last fall and being the one that had to send Catherine home um after a long after one of her panic attacks um that just wouldn't stop that just wouldn't stop and 
and knowing that my friend wasn't it felt like she wasn't in her body to be honest like I didn't know I didn't know I didn't know what to do <laughs> um but the the joy when I saw her the next time was more joy than I've seen I've felt in a very long time um and to know for us I think and maybe Catherine can verify this or explain her own own feelings um but sometimes you have to experience something dark and scary um, or trying to experience true joy and true laughter and true feelings. Because when you're able to connect with somebody after that, like the bond that Catherine and I have probably will never be broken because we've walked through something like that together. Yeah, we walked through hell last fall. <laughs> and uh, it was horrible, but, you know, I've I've been doing some reading the last few weeks. It says after you've experienced trauma, you come out of it a lot stronger. And I think that that is true. But more importantly, our bond that we forged that I was able to trust you enough to tell you what was really going on and that you were able to believe in me enough and be my champion enough to help save my job um, means that we can do anything. You know, it doesn't matter what life throws at us or our friendship. We've been through hell so we can, we can make it through anything. Yep. And there'll be, there'll be more hard conversations and, and, and even from that experience, you know, when this whole pandemic started, I, I lost it one day in the office and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And it, it, for me, it was, it was an afternoon situation. Um, but I went to Catherine and I cried in her lap, um, because I knew that I could truly ugly cry and tell her exactly what I was feeling and all these emotions and blah, blah, blah. And it was amazing just having somebody to do that with how that helps with taking the next step or moving on and the next day you know once I was able to come down a little bit reality set in and things were good to go again but it's having those friendships because if that were to bottle have bottled up I it could have been bad yeah it could have and it was it was bad for you in that moment it mm -hmm. was terrible but Having built the relationship that we have and knowing that we have a foundation of trust and honesty, I think is something that, you know, we want to share with the whole world because this is hard stuff. We're both sitting here with tears in our eyes <laughs> and we couldn't do that with just anybody. You know, there's very few people in our lives who we have shared these experiences with mm -hmm. and those people are, are our rocks. Mm -hmm. And we want you listeners to know that you need that. Whether or not you're feeling vulnerable in this second or not, you need it because at some point, something's going to happen. Yep. And it's, I can even like talk on building a foundation, you know, last, last fall while Catherine was going through, um, her, her situation with her and Jimmy, um, I had a fallout with my roommate to the point where I literally moved out of my place in a week and to have my church friends 
be there and just show up. No questions asked. They weren't questioning me. Well, why can't you just toughen this up? They just showed up and moved everything out. Said, if you need to bring it to my place, we can do that. And I luckily found a place and moved in. But just having that foundation of Catherine, of my church friends, of my family. of And it doesn't it doesn't have to be the same person for every situation. You know, there might right. be somebody you lean on for for work and financial stuff. There might be somebody for emotional, for anxiety, for whatever. Um, but it's, for me, last fall and the beginning of this year reaffirms that I need to continue to build a foundation for my mental health. And that's say, learning to say no to some things or ugly mm. crying to people or running or learning how to slow down and be with your thoughts, mm-hmm. which is really hard because your thoughts, man, they'll, <laughs> they'll try and get you. But, you know, answers lie within your mind mm. and you have to be courageous and patient enough to sit down with them and examine them, whether that's by yourself with a journal, whether you utilize a counselor or a pastor, some other therapist or your best friend. Mm-hmm. And it's, listeners, we we could probably go on and on and on, but in the interest of your time, we want this to be the introduction to Mental Health May and why we are passionate and why we want to help get the word out and rip the stigma band-aid off because it's there and it's real and it's and whatever you're going through do not compare it to your neighbor do not compare it to your husband your wife your children your best friend because it is real and it is okay to ask for help we also are going to talk about um how to help identify when your friends and family and loved ones are in um critical situations and how to how to approach them um and i i can dive in a little more to my story um last fall with that and then we'll get some professional help uh professionals on here to um guide the conversation as well because they know we're just talking from experience they've done they've been trained they know how to approach this stuff so we really appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. Make sure to um, share this with your loved ones, share this with your friends and family, and um, you can feel free to reach out to us on the social media platforms as well. We are really excited to bring this series to you, um, and we feel that every life, every moment, every person Every piece of our community is far too precious to lose to depression, anxiety, panic attacks, suicide, any other mental health issues that are there. So we're real, we're raw, and we're millennial ag. Thank you.